I got a story for you guys today. The CBC's legal department is threatening a small conservative website. What do you think of that? I'll give you the details next. Hey, before I do, can I invite you to become a Rebel News Plus subscriber? It's eight bucks a month. You get the video version of this show, and that helps us pay our bills. It's actually only $80 if you buy the whole year in advance. Okay, here's today's podcast. Tonight, Trudeau's CBC state broadcaster tries to bully a grassroots Alberta news website. It's October 23rd, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon Ezra. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say is You know the Western Standard, right? It's the name of the magazine I founded almost 20 years ago now. We shut down the paper version of the magazine in 2007, and we sold the website and some other remaining assets to one of our founding managers, and it has been reborn as a news website just in the last year or so to take a Wexit or pro-Western point of view on news and opinion. Derek Fildebrandt is probably the most prominent name affiliated with it. He's the former taxpayer advocate and Alberta MLA. Anyways, I haven't been affiliated with the brand in over a decade, but I like them and I read them from time to time and I broadly support their mission. I mean, look, they're independent media like us. There's not a lot of us who can refuse the Trudeau cash, so I salute them. I automatically know they're one of the good guys, just like the True North and Spencer Fernando and Blacklocks in Ottawa. There's only a handful of independent media left. They're a David in a battle against 100 Goliaths. I like this little tweet they made, poking at the CBC. <laughs> That's my hobby. They said, sick of fake news? Follow us instead. And real news, a truly free press for the West. All right, good for them. I like that. I agree with that. I mean, the CBC hates a lot of things. They hate Donald Trump. They hate free speech. They hate pandemic skeptics. They hate Christians. They hate oil and gas. They hate the Conservative Party. But what they probably hate more than anything else is simply Western Canada, Alberta, and especially anyone who is full of Western pride. I mean, look, they're Trudeau state broadcasters, so of course they hate the West and they would hate the Western standard. So I was shocked but not surprised when I saw this letter that the Western standard made public, a threat letter from the CBC's lawyers. I'm serious. Let me read some of it to you. Actually, I'll read the whole thing. October 22nd, 2020, delivered via email to whom it may concern. Re, trademark infringement of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation GEM logo. We are writing from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Canada's national public broadcaster. CBC is the owner of a family of CBC GEM marks, including official marks and trademarks, both in Canada and the U.S. CBC is the owner of the following official mark in Canada, and then an image. The CBC Gem is not only an iconic logo, but CBC has been recognized as one of the most influential brands in Canada. In addition to being an iconic trademark in Canada, it is protectable under both U.S. and Canadian trademark law. Okay, so that's true enough. Uh, I mean, if you extract $100 billion from Canadians over the course of 75 years and pump it into a propaganda machine and force yourselves into radio and everyone's TV and now push yourselves online, yeah, sure. 
you're going to be a recognized brand, uh, that only costs $100 billion. Now, that's different than from being a beloved brand, by the way. Canadians are overwhelmingly bored and uninterested in the CBC. Here's the Globe and Mail on that. The CBC's latest annual report tells a tale of dwindling viewership. English language TV had a primetime audience share in the last fiscal year of just 5%, an all-time low, down, by, down from 9.3% in 2010, and deteriorating finances. Revenues outside of its parliamentary grant now cover just 28% of expenses. But the real measure is qualitative. Yeah, it's terrible. So that, that's the good news for the CBC. One in 20 people watch it. The bad news is that so many of the rest of us just hate them because, well, the feeling's mutual. If someone hates you, you're probably going to feel the same about them. The CBC just hates so many things about Canada and Canadians, and they want to change us to remake us into Justin Trudeau's image. No thanks. That would be pretty weird to like that. But still, I will concede that the CBC gem, as they laughably call that 70s-looking bubble, I will concede that people know that stands for the state broadcaster. Sure it does. Just like everyone knows that the hammer and sickle is the communist trademark. Communists don't believe in trademarks. It's the communist symbol. It doesn't mean people like it. But let me read some more from the letter. It has come to CBC's attention that you are unlawfully using the CBC Gem logo on your Twitter account. A screenshot of your Twitter page showing your flagrant use of this trademark is attached here to as Exhibit A. Now, Exhibit A is simply a screenshot of the tweet I read to you before. Now, let me stop right here. You are allowed to use the CBC logo. I don't know if you know that. You're allowed to use a Coca-Cola logo or a Starbucks logo. You're, you're allowed to. It's a free country. Now, you're not allowed to pass yourself off as Starbucks or Coca-Cola or the CBC, but you want to talk about them. You want to comment on them. You want to refer to them. You want to do a news story on them. Yeah, fill your boots. I mean, just to show you the obvious, I just typed in the first CBC story that shows Starbucks images. Uh, you know, here's one showing this Coca-Cola logo. It's sort of obvious. I don't even need to tell you this, but I'm making the point. You don't need anyone's permission to talk about a company or to use a logo or a brand if you're describing the company. It is not, in fact, illegal for the Western Standard to flagrantly use the CBC's logo. They are lying to you, as the CBC often does. Um, it is, in fact, illegal to use the CBC logo or anyone else's trademark to pass yourself off as them, to try to trick people, to try to falsely profit from showing the CBC's trademark. So you can talk about Starbucks all you like. You just can't trick people and pretend that you are Starbucks to make money off of Starbucks goodwill. That's the one thing you're not allowed to do. So even Pepsi is allowed to use Coke's logo. In fact, if you're my age or older, you might remember something Pepsi used to do a lot in the 80s called the Pepsi Challenge. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, here's an excerpt from a TV ad. These ads were everywhere. This is the taste. This is the test. Pepsi versus Coke, the Pepsi Challenge. Pepsi. And all across America, more people pick Pepsi, Pepsi. time Pepsi. after time after time. Pepsi Cola. Oh, what a time. So is that illegal? Pepsi was showing you Coke bottles, showing you Coke's brand, showing you Coke's trademark, using it to make money, really rubbing it in Coke's face, but it was completely legal because you're allowed to talk about things, you're allowed to talk about your competitors, 
even to criticize them. You're just not allowed to trick people into thinking you are them. So Pepsi couldn't use Coke's logo to trick people into buying Pepsi by making them think it was really Coke. That would be stealing their goodwill, which is kind of intellectual property. But as you could see, that's the opposite of the use that Pepsi did in the 80s. Pepsi was showing it was not Coke. And that's exactly what the new Western Standard is doing to CBC today. Western Standard isn't trying to trick people into subscribing to it or reading it by fooling them that they're thinking they're getting CBC content. They're doing the opposite. They're promising to be the anti-CBC. They're contrasting themselves with the crap, the fake news of the CBC. They're pointing out that they are different. It's like the Pepsi challenge, but amongst media. Let me read just a little bit more from the liars at Trudeau's CBC State Broadcaster. The use of the CBC Gem logo on your website has not been authorized by CBC, and such use con constitutes a prohibited form of copyright infringement, trademark infringement, and passing off of CBC's intellectual property rights. It is also depreciating the goodwill of our trademark. Yeah, no. Do you think the Western Standard is passing themselves off as the CBC, really? I don't think the CBC's lawyers are that stupid. I think they just think you're that stupid. And as to depreciating the goodwill of the trademark, well, no. I think the CBC's lying propagandist reporters running errands for the worst prime minister in a generation, I think the CBC's reporters have taken care of reducing their reputation themselves. As the Global Mail points out, their viewership has fallen in half. No one believes them anymore. I'll just read the rest of the letter. In the circumstances, we ask that you remove and cease using any and all CBC trademarks and copyright immediately and remove them from the above-noted Twitter page and any and all other sources where you may have used the CBC trademark and copyright. We look forward to receiving confirmation that you have complied with our request. Yours truly, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation Law Department. <laughs> I love how the letter isn't even signed by a person. I mean, I don't blame them. Would you sign that letter? I'd be embarrassed to sign it too. Such a false, abusive threat letter. Oh, man, no one wants to sign that. Or is it even a threat letter, though? There's not an or else. I mean, typically a threat is do this or else. There was no or else here. I think it was just an attempt to intimidate a small, independent, grassroots competitor. There was actually no or else in the letter. I think it's because whoever lacked the courage to sign this letter had the wits to know that no court in the country would uphold that letter. It's just BS. Now, who knows? Maybe they plan on lobbying tw Twitter directly to try to get Twitter to delete and ban the Western standard. That would not shock me. I mean, Twitter has suspended the Twitter account of the New York Post, a 200-year-old newspaper, one of the mightiest newspapers in America. Founded by no one less than Alexander Hamilton, Twitter just nuked them because a week ago, they broke the news of Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, taking huge payments from China, Russia, Ukraine, and that embarrassed Twitter, which is a woke pro-democrat company. So maybe CBC will just call Twitter's head office next. And if the Western Standard doesn't delete it voluntarily, and if those CBC cowards, the cry bullies over there, they, they know it's a junk legal case and there's no law to support it. So, I mean, can the Western Standard, I say again, is not passing themselves off of the CBC. <laughs> why would you do that? Hey, why don't we call ourselves the Ebola virus? It's even more popular in Alberta. No one would willingly pretend to be Trudeau's errand boys. But if they can't convince the Western Standard to take the tweet down, maybe they can convince Twitter to censor them if they you know, won't try to convince a judge to do so. Now, here's Derek Philibrandt telling the CBC legal department to buzz off 
and doubling down on it. He says in other tweets that he has retained a lawyer and is ready to fight. I actually don't think the legal fight will come. I think the CBC was just counting on intimidating and bullying them into submission. And given that that didn't work, I think they might quietly slink away. But who else has CBC quietly, secretly threatened? Who isn't as brave as a Western standard? Who doesn't have access to a lawyer? Who has perhaps quietly succumbed? How many times has the CBC done this? The CBC is just like Justin Trudeau, aren't they? I mean, in fact, they're allies in legal smears, you'll recall, that right in the middle of the last election, the CBC launched a lawsuit against the Conservative Party on similar grounds. The Conservatives had made a short TV ad and they used a short clip from a CBC interview. And um, that's perfectly legal. In law, it's called fair use or fair dealing. It's the same way a movie reviewer can show a very quick clip from a movie or a book reviewer can quote a very short excerpt from a book. And that's not considered stealing. It's fair use. It's a small amount. You're commenting and criticizing on it. You're adding your own work to it. Same thing for the CBC itself, every night, of course. I mean, so much of the CBC's own newscasts every night have quick clips of other content. The CBC knows it's not illegal to have short clips. Their evening newscasts would be half as long if they didn't use such found content. Just put a credit on it and add your own work to it and use a short amount. Again, it's just a political errand they're running against Trudeau's enemies. They'll sue the Conservative Party. Now they're threatening the Western standard. I guess the only thing I'd add is that I don't know, I'm feeling sort of lonely. Usually when the CBC attacks a Trudeau enemy, it's us. Stay with us for more. My wife has my phone. We are now in a full-blown national security crisis. Your wife just left me a voicemail. She thinks we're having an affair. Michael Flynn investigation still open, whoopsie face. President Obama wants to know everything we're doing. What is our goal? Get him to lie so we can prosecute him or get him fired. If your utter incompetence is not enough to run you out of office, then your increasingly obvious political corruption surely will tweet. I said we were close friends, nothing more. She knows I sent you flowers. Weasels and liars. God, Trump is a loathsome human. Tweet. 106.6 thousand likes. Hillary should win 100 million to zero. Did you get laid yesterday? You know how to get my attention. I truly hate these people. Trump's not ever going to become president, right? Right? No. No, he's not. We'll stop it. Unbelievable. You would think that that script was written by a Hollywood screenwriter for dramatic effect, but if you thought so, you would be thinking wrong because every word said in that trailer and the entire Obamagate movie was said by the actual people in the film. James Comey, Peter Strzok, and the FBI agents, CIA, everyone involved. The entire movie is taken from their texts and emails and other internal documents. It's called 
verbatim theater, and it's one of the favorite ways to tell stories by our next guest. You know who I mean. He's our favorite filmmaker, Fella McAleer, who joins us now via Skype from Los Angeles. Very exciting. Congratulations. We had you on a few weeks ago to talk about your plans to make this movie. Well, wham, bam, you made it, and it's already live, and people can actually see it for free on YouTube. Congratulations. Thanks, Ezra. Thanks. A lot of your uh, viewers, by the way, were very helpful, uh, helped with the crowdfunding. Uh, we saw a huge surge in, in donations from Canada after you kindly donated yourself. Um, I mean, people, there's a, there's a worldwide thirst for the truth, and the, people recognize now the media are not telling the truth and are actively dissembling and telling untruths. So let's, you know, we conservatives are held to a higher standard. Um, truth tellers are held to a higher standard. So that's why verbatim is so useful. Every word you see here, this film, in Obama gave them, is, is 100% verbatim. It was uttered or written by one of the people uh, in, in the film. Huh. Uh, now, last time we spoke, it was when HBO was rolling out a massive high-budget propaganda film called The Comey Rule, and I've just never seen anything so transparently partisan, election-meddling documentary. They claim, well, that's the thing. It claims to be a documentary, but unlike your work, it's not taken from primary sources. That is the work of fic fiction writers trying to uh, salvage their discredited efforts. So what a difference. You've got the verbatim theater. They had a multi-million dollar propaganda campaign. How did HBO's movie, The Comey Rule, wind up doing? Well, first night, it got 675,000 viewers you know, the first, for the first night. That's how much it's got. Uh, we are now open 24 hours. We have almost 200,000 viewers, and it's rising every hour, every day. So we need to get, we need to, I want to beat the Comey rule. I want to get more than 675,000 viewers. It's tough. It's not easy, especially with YouTube throttling anything decent. But, you know, we, we seem to have beat them so far. So let's let's keep it going. But one thing I will, uh, I do want to say about the Comey rule, you know, uh, actually, it's not HBO, it's Showtime, but they're all the same. Oh, right? sorry about that. I got that wrong. So Showtime, that's right. It's understandable. They're, they're just one mass leftist conglomeration now. It is merging with each other and all that. Um, they see that, knew that quote at the end, Trump's not going to win, is he? Mm -hmm. And it's, no, we'll stop it, right? That is a direct quote from their texts. That is the conversation they had whilst he was investigating Trump uh, for Russia collusion. So that's what he was planning. In the HBO, in the, sorry, in the Showtime, the Comey rule, they have, they, they, they changed that to a conversation between the two of them. Trump's not ever going to win, is he? And uh, Strzok turns to Page and says, no, no, he's not. We'll stop it. In the Comey rule, they then have Lisa Page going, oh, we, that's a bit much. And he goes, oh, no, no. When I say we, I mean the American people. Huh. That is a complete fiction. He never said that. That was never part of the conversation. These people are liars that we need to get the truth out there. That's why we put Obamagate on YouTube verbatim. Yeah, well, that's incredible. And we've embedded a copy of your YouTube video on our website, so you will still get the view count, um, but people can find it. I mean, you can find it in a lot of places. You can find it elsewhere on rebelnews.com. Uh, just out of curiosity, it's not important, but has YouTube allowed you to put ads on it? Because they, they often demonetize or other words 
uh, otherwise de-boost or even uh, shadow ban uh, conservative uh, information they don't like. It's happened to us before. Have you seen any shenanigans by YouTube, Twitter, or other social media companies? Oh, well, I mean, funny, YouTube, so far, so good. No, nothing. Uh, Instagram, Instagram took down our Facebook, our Instagram account a week ago and have not put it up again. Just took it down, no reason, no, no. And we've written to them, oh yeah, we're looking at it, we should get it up, nothing. Twitter, Twitter are, are, are criminals. Twitter have hidden the word Obamagate. The reason we call it Obamagate, because Obamagate was trending in May and April, it was 3.5 million tweets with the word Obamagate on it. You go into Twitter now and search for those in most recent, you get a couple of tweets about our movie and nothing else. Hmm. There are millions of Obamagate tweets out there and they're, they're throttling them. The social media behemoths, they're not our friends. They're not a platform. They are fully signed up political opponents. Yeah. And they need to be uh, recognized as such. And we all need to recognize that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just incredible. We talked earlier this week with Alam Bokhari of Breitbart.com about how Twitter is just completely cut off. Uh, the New York Post, uh, a 200-year-old uh, newspaper, Alexander Hamilton <laughs> founded it. And because Twitter disagrees with one of its stories, just... They're not even allowed to publish anything. I've never seen such censorship uh, in America in my lifetime. Um, it's just incredible. I'm worried what the social media companies will do if Biden wins. They'll be, I mean, it's just, they're basically a campaign team of this right now. Let me ask you one more question about Obama, because, of course, this was in the, the dying days of Obama's administration that this scheme to accuse the president and his incoming team of being Russian spies was hatched. Now, Joe Biden was in some of those founding meetings of the collusion scam, wasn't he? He was the vice president back then. No, listen, this could be called Biden Gate as much as Obama Gate. Biden was in that meeting where they decided to target Michael Flynn to get to Trump. Uh, and Biden is there, there's memos saying, Biden said, prosecute him under the uh, under the Logan Act, which is this obscure act that no one's ever been prosecuted under. So Biden was there directing the state intelligence services to target the national security advisor of an incoming president just because they didn't like the incoming president and just because they didn't like the national security advisor. This is tin pot dictator stuff. This, this is madness. Uh, this is corrupt. Uh, this needs exposed and that's why we did Obama again I want people to know you can see it actually in the trailer there this is funny <laughs> but it's serious it's, it's a Shakespearean tragedy and even in Shakespearean tragedies there was humor and this this has it all this is this is a John like John Le Carrier meets teen romance meets yeah. uh, the hunt for red October it's uh, it's it's funny but it's very very serious and people I'd love people to share it get it out Make sure everyone sees it. And don't forget to leave a, a comment on YouTube. Uh, the, the left really hit that when they, because they'll try and accuse us of boosting numbers and all, but the comments speak for themselves. Yeah. Well, just uh, once again to our viewers, you can find the entire movie uh, embedded elsewhere on rebelnews.com. We'll have a link uh, beneath this video uh, to help you find it. Let me ask you one thing. I'm always impressed with the quality of actor you are yeah. able to muster because, I mean, I really feel sometimes that you can count the number of, 
I'm not even going to say conservative, just independent-minded people in Hollywood yeah. on one finger's hands. I mean, Clint Eastwood, Mel Gibson, and I'm almost done the entire list. Um, John Vaught, but I don't even know if he's working anymore. Uh, tell me a little bit about Dean Cain. I well, remember Dean him from the Superman series when I was a kid. And Christy Swanson from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Those are recognizable names and faces. Those are real people with real careers. They're still yeah. young. They still have a lot of years of acting ahead of them. Are you aware, have they received any punishment, any blacklisting from Hollywood because they are supportive? I'm not even going to say supportive of the president. They're just reading the texts of these Democrats. How's that anything but just, you know, reading the news? But have they been punished or blackballed in any way for participating here? Of course they have. I mean, look, Hollywood, when I, when I first came to Hollywood 10 years ago, there was this idea that we could get our stuff made, that we could be part of the system. That's just gone out the window now. And it's not even the executives that are saying it. The workers uh, on these projects will, will quite openly say, we will not work with conservatives. Huh. We, right? I mean, you look at it, um, Spotify, people are refusing to work with Joe Rogan. You know, uh, papers that hire uh, conservative columnists, they have to fire them. It's the staff, you know, so it's, they're quite open about it now. At least 10 years ago, there was a quiet blacklist. Now there is a public blacklist. Huh. So they're very courageous and people need to support them in whatever they do. We were, you know, one of the things that about conservative drama, conservative movies is quite often they're low budget, quite often they look low budget and quite often sometimes there's bad acting in them. We always have tried to make that, we, and funny, people say, what do you want your movie to look like? And I says, I want it to look like all the other movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and that sounds very uh, counterintuitive. But I want people to look at our movie and look at it as a movie and uh, not as a not as a conservative movie. Yeah, not as an eat your spinach, please watch this to help the cause thing. But watch yeah, it no. because it's great. I know exactly what you mean. Um, now, I know when we spoke a little while back, you were crowdfunding for this and I chipped in a modest amount. I'm glad to hear some other Canadians did too. The movie is up, it's on YouTube. Do you need any more dough for it or are you already looking at, you've always got some irons in the fire. If I know you, you've already got another project on the go. Do you need more help with this one to, to promote it? Are you, do you have a marketing budget or are you, are you relying on word of mouth? Because uh, if, if you're doing something, I wanna know because I wanna be a part of it. You've crowdfunded Frack Nation, which is how I really learned about fracking. You've crowdfunded, uh, um, you know, your, your so many the Gosnell movie, uh, which at the time was the the largest crowdfunding of any movie uh, online. Can you give us a sneak peek of what com what's coming next? Um, well, I mean, yes, we do. We're looking for more funding because, and you can go on ObamaGetMovie.com to to, um, to see that, or ObamaGet the movie on our website. Uh, because we're, we're, we're basically, if you give a uh, hundred dollars, you, you can get it to a thousand people. We're using it for advertising. We're trying, we do, it's all about getting the numbers up. We, we have to beat Hollywood, and that's that's a great story. I mean, what am I doing next? Well, you know, there's a certain person whose emails are being made public at the moment, 
who's led a rather colorful life. <laughs> I think I might have a, a hunch of who you're talking about. And now I'm extremely curious to know who you'll be casting in the role of Lady Macbeth. I mean, Hillary Clinton. I want, that is, I can think of some people. Um, what's her no. name? Kathy Bates from uh, that uh, Stephen King movie. No, no, you're getting the wrong person. <laughs> What about the Hunter Biden? Oh, Ghislaine. Maybe you're talking about Ghislaine Maxwell. I don't know. There's, there's so many. There's a lot of inner. Sorry, I got mixed up. I was thinking Hillary Clinton. I'm. No, well, no, maybe Hunter. Hunter Biden. It could be so many people. You've got me confused. I, I just named three people I'd be interested to see their emails about. Wow, Hunter Biden. That'd be something. Yeah. So Hunter. I mean, Hunter, look at Hunter. He's you know he's had Ukrainian dealings. He's had Chinese dealings. He's had crack cocaine, meth dealings thrown out of the Navy. He had an affair with his uh, widowed, bro his brother's widow. Uh, he got a stripper pregnant. He wouldn't play alimony. So you're saying he's a renaissance man. What you're saying is he's a renaissance man. That's what, that's what Showtime would say. A man for all seasons. Hunter Biden can do anything. A complex character. <laughs> the take I saw on Hunter Biden was, you know, People are now looking up to him for struggles with addiction. You know? like, okay, that's one way of looking at it. Um, <laughs> well, I can hardly wait for that. Listen, you're doing a great job now. I said ObamagateMovie.com. Is it is it actually ObamagateTheMovie.com? What's the proper website? Movie.com. Okay. Well, we'll put that on the bottom of the screen to make sure we get that right. Well, listen, congratulations. I say again to anyone who hasn't watched it yet, it's for free. You can watch it for free on YouTube. We've embedded it on our website. If you want to help pitch in, I know Phelan and Anne uh, always work hard and are some of the most productive people in Hollywood. So uh, the, if there's any project that they're doing that catches your eye, uh, and Phelan, when you're ready with the next one, I know you're still working on this one, but when you're ready with the next one, make sure to stop by our place and we'll give it a little shout out to our people up here north of the border. Totally. That'll, that'll be wonderful, Ezra. We, uh, you'll be the first to know. All right. All the, all the best to you. Good luck and congratulations. Thanks, Ezra. Bye. Bye. Stay with us. More ahead. Hello and welcome back on my show last night. Bruce writes, how I wish Ezra LeVant could have 37 minutes with the president. We would really learn a lot in that time. But Leslie didn't even do a poor job in, in interviewing such a powerful leader. She should be fired for asking no decent question of Trump. Yeah, exactly. You know, there are things I'd like to know about Trump. His thoughts on different subjects. I'd like him to talk about things that no one has asked him before. I don't need to ask him again to restate again his coronavirus plan. We've heard it. I mean, if you're really that interested in it, he's done 20 interviews on it. How about could I have, I'd like to hear him, you know, the news today, Israel just signed a peace deal with the Sudan brokered by America. That's after Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates. I'm, you know, I'm slightly curious about that. How about, how about Huawei? Can I hear the president on Huawei? Um, I'd like to hear the president's thoughts on some Canadian subjects. A hundred things I'd like to ask the president. Uh, I, I doubt I'll ever have the chance. But they are genuine questions, and they wouldn't be attack questions, and they wouldn't just be attaboy questions. Can you not think of a question you'd like to hear the answer for? Well, if you can think of a single question, you're further ahead than Leslie Stahl of the mighty 60 Minutes. Paul writes, she showed she was either deeply uninformed or deeply dishonest. I think you're probably talking about when she disputed both the Hunter Biden laptop story and the Russia collusion story. She is living in 2016. 
I don't think she's got, I don't think she's at the top of her game anymore. Ron writes, he should have walked out in the face of such disrespect. Well, I don't know. I mean, yes, it was disrespectful, but it was more than, more than that. It was just bad journalism. And he sort of did walk out. It seemed to me like it was supposed to go on a little longer and that Mike Pence was supposed to sit in there next. But 37 minutes, think about how valuable. I mean, if the president's up 18 hours a day, um, you took almost one hour of that. And for what? Well, folks, thanks for joining us all week. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, for some of you who were with us on last night's live stream, we had over 4,000 people live watching the debate together. And then Sheila Gunn-Reed and I talked about it for an hour afterwards. I thought it was a great night. That's it for now. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters to you at home, good night and keep fighting for freedom.